Hello, all of you listeners of the chat. Today marks the final episode in our May interview special, where we have brought back some daytime stars of past and the present to our show. And we are so lucky to end our May interviews with somebody as iconic, somebody as beloved, multi-daytime Emmy nominee and winner, the Laura Wright. Laura, how are you? Great. Yeah, I'm really great. I'm a, you know, a mess. I just ran in from the pool. Um, but uh, I'm great. So, you know, life is, life is good. It's crazy, but it's good, right? Like, you know, yes. what are, you know we're, we're all, you know, doing the best we can. Yes. All righty. So I'm going to turn things over to the awesome and amazing Tiggs. Tiggs, what is your first question for the yeah, Tiggs. awesome Laura Wright? <laughs> Well, first off, I love you. I have always loved you. Congratulations on the Emmy Nom. Good luck. Um, my first question, I'm looking at the child. Okay, how was it like, you know, transitioning from, from God and Light to GH, like picking the kids up and going across country, just taking a leap of faith? Like, I know that's yeah, scary. Um, that was it was very <laughs> difficult. Um, it was hard for me to leave Guiding Light. I loved it, and I loved uh, the people I worked with, and I felt you know, um, a little guilt leaving one show for another. Um, very difficult. I was born and raised on the East Coast. Um, that was a huge transition. You know, the kids didn't really want to leave their friends, rightfully so. Um, so yeah, it was a transition. It turned out to be a great one, you know. It was. Um, but for sure, it was, it was an adjustment for everyone. It was yeah. a great business decision, great. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> Yes, and and you know, career career wise, it was not a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rodrigo, what is your first question for Laura? Okay, Laura, I have. This is a very this is an honor for me. I have loved you since Loving. I used to watch oh, Loving when I was like was so long ago. <laughs> twelve. Yeah, I was twelve years old. I loved Casey and Allie. Casey and Allie were my ship. Like they were like the best couple on that show. The best, so the fun. The best. The so most fun. hair between Polly yes. Stewart and I. All that hair. <laughs> exactly. But did you think, Laura, like when you auditioned for Loving, did you think your life would take you to where you are right now in your life? Oh right now? God, no. <laughs> yes. I, when I auditioned, I thought. I didn't even pay attention to, I didn't even really know what I was auditioning for. Like the first audition was like on videotape and at someone's house in Maryland. <laughs> and, um, and then I went to the beach. It was actually Memorial Day weekend. I went to Ocean City, Maryland with my friends. And then I was gone for like four to five days and I came back and um, this woman who I auditioned through was calling me and she's like, where have you been? I'm like, beach why like what's going on she's like, they want you for a screen test and i'm like what are you i don't even know what a screen test was i'm like oh how many of us are going like i thought it was like a big party and she's like just you and i'm like what like i had no idea and then i got there and um like i think she talked to my parents because i was 20 and i'd never even lived away from home and um my girlfriend shannon came with me who i'm still best friends with and uh I took a, a disposable camera with me on the audition because I was like, I'm never going to be here again. I'm going to have proof I was here because I watched <laughs> Loving every day. I was a fan, big time. I mean, I would get the soap opera weekly magazines yeah. and watch the shows. And um, 
I just went and auditioned and I was like, I, I mean, I really wasn't paying much attention about the audition. I really was like, oh my God, there's Ava and Trisha Trish and, you know, um, Stacy. And, you know, I was just so uh, blown away. And then I, the part, and when I left there, I said to my girlfriend, I said, you know, I really think I'm going to get the part. And she was looking at me like, she's like, really? <laughs> I had never really had much training at all. I did theater in high school. Really? That's it. And, um, and I said, no, 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 not because I'm good, but because I think those people are going to be a part of my life. I think I'm going to see them again. And she's like, okay. And not one of the pictures turned out on my camera, not one. And then I got the call the next day, be at work at five o'clock tonight or to, yeah, be at work at five o'clock tonight. You start work at 9am tomorrow morning. So I had no idea my life was going <laughs> to, I was working at my dad's gas station and then managing a tanning salon at nighttime. Like I had no idea that my life was going to change. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> it still is. Like it's a, yes. one hell of a ride, you know? <laughs> Um, Alan, are you up next? Yes, yes he is. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Alan. <laughs> oh, you and Steve Burton have excellent chemistry. Would you be open to playing a Carly Jason affair? Would I? Yeah. Um, it would have to be written really well. You know, it would have to be a story that was written in a, in a way that not that they were like happy they were doing it, but they couldn't. They were still had a hard time staying away from each other. Um, Yes, I think it'd be a great story. And I also think it could be done if, um, you know, if, if there was something wrong with Sonny to where there was a reason why Carly was turning to Jason. I don't know how you write that now. Again, it would have to be really set up and done well. Um, I mean, I'm the kind of act, I like to tell any story. I'm not the person, I think that I never and my character would never kind of get boring. I'm like, give it, give, give me everything. I love it. I'm not here to play safe. You know, I'm here to, I'm here to, you know, I, Carly's one of many people I'd like to play in my life, you know, and so I'm, and she's not real. So as much as we can honor, and I think that that's the fun about daytime is we get to tell so many different stories. And um, of course we want to adore our character, you know, our favorite characters, but you know, the reason why daytime has lasted for so long is because we continue to evolve story and these characters are flawed and they make mistakes um, on a big, um, in, in a big way. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I don't think when life is good, you know, that, I mean, I think the, um, I think the conditions have to be set up, you know, I think it has to be a, a well thought out, well written story. And I think that, you know, um, the actors, take on it should matter and I don't usually say that um but I think with these three tight characters if you were going to do something like that you know we the three of us would really have to be I think all on board right, and right. really understand what story we were telling you know but I think any story can be told it's just how it's done exactly execution matters so yes it, it is and it's all it's all it's on the page it's how it's written and, and, you know, the writers were, I mean, there's not a harder group of writers than day, daytime. I mean, they yes. have to write, you know, yes. I, I mean, seriously, I think they're writing up to eight shows a week now because we try to get a, we try to shoot more. So we have these weeks, the dark weeks, which we clearly don't need for a while, but, um, <laughs> um, but, you know, cause we have all these dark weeks right now, but I think that, um, yeah, you, 
I think it's a very difficult job and I, I really ever hesitate to slam or ever put down a, a daytime writer because they don't get a round table reading like most of your primetime drama, like all of your primetime dramas. Yeah. They don't get, um, you know, you don't, you don't get that kind of, um, you don't have, you don't, you don't have the writers on the set being able to go, oh my God, that didn't work. How do we change it? You know, by the time I'm getting my script and I might have a problem with it, they're four weeks ahead and they're, they're like, where are you? You know, so I, that's a very difficult job to be yeah. a daytime television writer. Yes. And so my hat goes off to them. Yes, they, sir, Casey. <laughs> The uh, GH writers have given you so many amazing storylines, particularly those um, of the trials and tribulations a mother goes through. Carly has had a baby diagnosed with spina bifida. Michael mm -hmm. disowned Carly and Sonny for a period of time because of AJ. And of course, Carly recently... <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, well, he, of uh, course he's going to come back, Michael. Always. <laughs> the uh, passing of her child, Morgan. So what has it been yeah. like for you to tap in to the trials and tribulations of motherhood? The Morgan storyline was really hard. Um, when Michael was shot and put in the coma, that was difficult. Um, I wasn't that attached to Don Donna's spina bifida because like, I knew it was not going to stick around. You know, I was kind of like, and I was so like hated being my character being pregnant. I didn't hate Carly being pregnant as far as I hated the wearing the belly. Yes. <laughs> it was really difficult to do on a broken foot. Um, it, it was, uh, I really, and the, the, the things that we used to have in the past, which always looked fake and ridiculous, um, we don't use anymore. And there's this big piece of rubber that you have to put on that once it's on, you have to slide it up. I mean, to get it up, when I tell you, it is like, you're like, or right, you feel like you've been in a fight. You're, after I get that, I'm like ready to kill somebody. And then I gotta get it off later, you know, that thing. But when you had it on, it looked so great. It was hard, so it felt like a, and you couldn't move, so you really had to move and get up like you were pregnant. So it actually was fantastic. But the getting it on and off on one leg, because my foot was broken for when I had to wear that size, I, I, I hated it. I was so mad every time. Oh, I was like, ah! <laughs> Like if I were sitting down, I wasn't going to get up. I'm like, can I just have the pillow? I don't want to put that thing on. Like, so, so the Laura, pillow never looked as good. They're like, it Laura, just, it was like lower. Was it like a prosthetic thing that they made you pull up? No, it was just like a piece of rubber that was heavier in the front. Like, like I mean, when I tell you, like, it, it, it was a... The kind of rubber, like if you're putting it on your body, um, it sticks. So you're like, oh, and it was heavy because wow. it had to be a belly. Oh my gosh. Like I would be like, Wesley, come help me because I've got a, a, I'm on one foot and I would fall over and I had to have, you know, you know, so if I couldn't get wardrobe and if Wes was at work, I'd rather have him help me because I hated people in there and I oh, hated it. So Ooh, when I know she you was got born, I was like, get her, get this baby out of here and, uh, yeah. And, and, and I loved the story at first because I hadn't broken my foot and I thought it was interesting. And Maurice hated it at first. He was so mad that I, they did that. And then he ended up loving it. And then I was mad because I didn't want to wear that thing anymore. I was like, who did I piss off? You know? <laughs> but, you know, the writers just kept falling in love with the story. Like when they would write, they're like, and then Donna and Sonny's sad and they're scared. And I'm like, ah. I think it was very almost old school general hospital. You know, you put two loving characters in this medical crisis and. 
when they told me that my character was pregnant, I'm like, what? <laughs> and at first they didn't want to write. They're like, well, we don't really want to talk about your age. I'm like, then why write it? Like, I'm not afraid of how old I am. It's a major point. Like, and then they're like, well, we don't want to talk about that Carly, you know, could be in danger. I'm like, she all, you know, she always had, you know, she, I'm like, we have to, or there's yes. no reason for there's us no to even do the story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh. But there were different writers, you know, that's a hard part, which I understand. It's not the same writers that were there when Carly had Jocelyn. Um, and so I, and, and so I think they, they're not so attached to it, you know, I and mean, that's the hard part. And it's a gift to have new writers come in because you have fresh stuff that they want to tell. And, and we all love that. But um, it's also difficult because when they're like, oh, but it's fine. And you're like, no, it's not really because yeah. our fans don't forget. And they have, you know, you ask them to invest in that storyline. And so, you know. Well, thank you for wanting to stay so true to Carly's history, especially being the fourth Well, I tell you why I did it, because it made the scenes interesting. Had, yeah. had, had we not had danger and health and age attached to it, we'd have no, she would just be pregnant. And I'm like, well, that's kind of boring. You know, yeah. it's a boring place to put Carly. Yeah. She's a great character. And if you don't have her, you know, reacting and spicing it up, um, then it's a waste. Mm -hmm. I think no matter who's playing her, you know, but for sure, <laughs> well, for sure, I, you know, I play her very combative at times, um, which, you know, is the point of her character, you know, the character on the canvas. So. Tiggs, what's your uh, second question for Laura? My second question, Laura, you've done so much over the last almost 15 years, but at, at this stage of the game with Carly being a grandmother now, Laura, and being like, you know, having a having a baby at home, what would you want? What would be a great story for you to play as Carly right now, considering everything going on? <sighs> um. Well, if if Jocelyn were to get into serious trouble, I think you know, um, that that would be a great mom story. If Jocelyn yes. really, you know, found herself getting um, in serious trouble, you know, like. It's one thing to make a stupid choice and you know her and Oscar wound up going to um, um, Niagara Falls and she's seeing her in the hospital like you know but if Jocelyn found herself you know um, taking pills or you know and or getting you know stumbling into the stuff that you know that it scares us or a pregnancy scare at her age you know yes. something that you could play mother-daughter would be really um, great because we work really well together. I think it'd be really, I think, I think the audience really could use uh, a Carly and Jason on the run story just for humor because, you know, yes. Carly drives Jason crazy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that would too be much. Fun. Um, that's fun. You know, I love, um, I love having Jax in the mix too. Carly and Jax were a great pair. And, yes, and, um, yes, yes. and Jax is always in love with Carly, you know, like yes. he always plays that when Carly walks in the room, which is great because Cynthia always plays like, why are you looking at her? <laughs> <laughs> so we keep that, you know, that just keeps the dynamic of something interesting playing. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm up for anything. Oh, you and Eden McCoy are so yeah, amazing. You know, so if Brian amazing. Craig ever wanted to come back, I oh. love the idea of playing um of playing um More you know, my son again. coming back. But you have yeah. to have him come back and stay. You can't really tease the audience with that because yeah, they were yeah. so invested in the death. Right. 
So, you know, unless he comes back with a really good story, you know, um, there's no sense in going there and teasing the audience. Exactly. You're totally right, because I think it will be forever burned in my memory when Carly slams that photo down at Sunny's feet and said, you killed our little boy. I mean, you have to fight power with power. So if that character comes back, it has to hit very hard. Oh, very it's got to take her to her knees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Rodrigo, what's your next question for Laura? So Laura, Lay it on me. I, I have to know, what have you learned from each of your co-stars from each of your shows throughout oh. your daytime career? So loving from Lisa Peluso or Kim Zimmer or Maurice. Uh, well, or Lisa's Jane. humor, you know, Lisa yeah. was, is, I'm sure, I haven't talked to her forever face to face, but Lisa was so funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, we would get in trouble where they would tell us to shut up <laughs> off camera because we would be waiting to do our scenes and she, we would just start laughing. She's so funny. Such a beautiful heart. I love Lisa. Um, and um, I, I learned how to, um, you know, act and I had to, I, I never had real training. So everything was very instinctual on loving. And when they killed off the character of Casey, because Paul Anthony wanted to leave. I was so mad at him. I remember sitting on set <laughs> when they were calling us up to give him his cake. Cause every time someone left, you got a cake and everyone's like, goodbye. Right. And I was like, you, you don't have to go. You can still tell them you can change your mind. He's like, I am not changing my mind. Like I was so, and so I remember I was late to getting up on the studio. I was to grab something. And I walked up as he was giving his speech and I was standing there and he just, we just were crying. Like, you know, it was really difficult because it was our first job that even, even though he had come from the theater school or theater um, major in his school, um, it was still very difficult. And that was when I had to re really learn um, to somewhat separate because that storyline, I lost like 10 pounds. I could barely, I was really had a hard time with the fact that he had left. And then they told the death. So it was very hard for me to find, so I had to realize, you know, this isn't real. You have to um, separate it, you know? He's not really Casey. <laughs> um, and so that was the first time, you know, I realized that now, um, your body doesn't really know you're faking, right? We go through these storylines, but you bear, you know, you really do physically own um, the trauma of that story. Like there is PTSD attached. So it was the first time I really, I think as on my own, really became an actor um, was that when Paul left and I, I was able to, I had such emotion and I was really good in the scenes because they were real to me because I ha didn't know the difference, you know? Um, and then it became the city and um, that was more just fun uh, and, and like, you know, really great show. I loved it. Yeah. But I really transformed on Guiding Light um, because I, I had a once, there are two things that happened. One specific director I was working with and I was really angry when they had Dinah get pregnant with Carly's ba babies because they um, put her babies in Dinah, <laughs> Beatrode into Dinah. And um, I was really bummed about, I mean, I, I didn't know how to handle it, right? I was, because I was, I was very inexperienced in training and um, all, you know, they had me in scenes with David McDonald and Gina Tonioni. And um, 
I was supposed to be arguing or dealing with them. And I was like, I would leave. I would never. And I was a good quite a few years into the show, right? Like I had been there a while. And I was like, I would leave. I wouldn't put up with this. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, and Brian Murtis, our director, sat me down. And, and I mean, it's, I mean, it's as simple as this. He goes, well, if you had to stay, why would you stay? And I'm, I wouldn't. I would never stay. And he's like, but you have to because it's in the script. So what's one reason? And I was like, oh, well, I guess this. And he's like, okay. And then I'm like, well, I would say for this. And then, and, and all of a sudden, it just made me realize there's a thousand ways to play the scene. There's only one way to not. And, um, and then I'd work with David McDonald and he would say things like, um, you know, I would want to cut something out of the scene. Like, I don't like this. And he goes, I understand why you want to cut these things, but now we have no drama. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And so what they taught me was to stop being afraid of feeling the anger or the frustration, but where do you place it? You know, and, 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 you know, I learned so much. Um, and it, it goes into the script, like learn, like what, what do I want in a scene? And, or also look at the whole scene. It's not just about you. Like there's a beginning, middle and end. What do they want from the whole story? And I look at it and I'm like, okay, okay. So what's going on here? Oh, I'm going to have to get to this place by the end. So, and you got to take your ego out of it. We're here to serve the script and the audience, not myself. So Guiding Light really stripped me a lot of the ego of, um, of winning a scene. Like, what is that about? That's ridiculous. Um, and then I, I had, um, you know, I, I just really had a lot of people that I watched. I had one director tell me, I watched it listening to another director tell me, tell some guy that I worked with, you know, Cassie did this, this, and this. And I was like, no, I didn't. And I'm in the rehearsal room. And she goes, he thinks you did. He has to think these things about your character or he can't do his part of the scene. And I'm like, oh. And that's when I had to realize everyone has a, a perspective in the scene or we don't have a scene. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, all this stuff is really acting 101, seriously, like acting for dummies. <laughs> but I never had a class and I went straight to a soap. And on loving, it was really handed to me because they wanted me to succeed. Um, and so they really helped me. But, it, you know, you showed up to Guiding Light and it was an actor show. And they were like, and, mm -hmm. and you really had to um, take it. And um, it, it taught me how to um, break down seam work and, and know, and like I said, get my ego out of it. It's not about the ego. Now, Laura, do you think part of that difference was because of the age of the shows? You know, Guiding Light, by the time you came on, was already 50 to 60-something years old. But loving no, I don't think it has anything to do with the age of the shows, mm -hmm. with how long they've been on. No, because you had different um, writers, you had different, yes. um, you had different writers, you had different producers, you had actors coming through. You know, every, you know, shows evolve so much. Um, yes when you have different people coming on and actors that want to leave and new people come, you know? So I don't think that was the case. I, I, it was just me, you know, I had to learn and grow and, and, um, and know that, you know, scenes have to like have um, peaks and valleys and you've got to like have a buildup and then it calms down and then you have an explosion. And then when you have like, you know, six acts in a show, where do you want to get in the, you don't want to get somewhere too early because it's so scene structure, you know? And, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's just experience too, you know. Um, 
I gotta say, you and Zimmer, you and Kim Zimmer, really like Cassie and Reva were like that yes, story. Lord. Yeah, yes, that Lord. story alone, you guys. Yeah, that Lord. was a lot. That was a that was well. I mean, that was a great. I, I you know, who better to work with and train you than Kim Zimmer? I mean, the she's incredible. Zimmer, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that was incredible. Right. Oh, the whole storyline was just incredible. When yeah, your first scene on Guy and Mike. That po- the stripper pole scene. You, <laughs> I, I knew. Well, it was really funny because I was up for a role on uh, Guiding Light and up for a role in All My Children, and All My Children was oh. a doctor to play a doctor, and and Guiding Light was a stripper, and I'm like, ooh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and and if I would have gone, not that they were offering me the role, I had to audition, but the role on All My Children was in the same building as Loving, and so I was like, well, that's kind wow. of the same. Right. And, and getting light was all different. And they offered me more money <laughs> than ABC. Um, so it had everything, you know, everything involved over there. And, um, and uh, yeah, and they're like, well, your first day, you have to strip. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I started, um, I started uh, working out with a kickbox instructor at the time, because I had two months to get ready. So, uh, um, that, was, remember, that was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I was 14 years old. I remember your first day on Guiding Light. I was like, oh my God. I, I shouldn't be watching this as a 14 year old, but still, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, 14. This, yeah, this is going to be daytime. Awesome. It's daytime. Right. You didn't see anything. I mean, you didn't see anything, yeah. or you know, it's yeah. we'd be censored yeah. by the censors. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I loved. It. I was like, oh my god, my alley is gonna be on Garden Light, and it's kicking it with like Reva Shame and Josh and all that stuff. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, like that. That was a crazy <laughs> time in my yeah. life. When I think yeah. back, I'm like, wow, that was so yeah. long ago. Yeah. 1997. Yes. Laura, when I first joined Twitter. I remember I tweeted out um, the video clip of Reva and Cassie finally finding out that they were sisters. And you retweeted it and you said, wow, thank you for the memories. So talk a little bit about doing that sister dynamic with Zimmer and how it adapted through the years of your time at Guiding Light. Uh, well, when we first started, we didn't know we were sisters and Cassie was being paid to, um, you know, uh, take Reva and Josh down, their company, the Lewis brothers down. Um, I loved working with uh, Jordan Clark too. I loved working with him. Um, so it was, you know, it was great because Cassie didn't grow up with a family. You know, she didn't grow up with it. She was given up for adoption and she didn't grow up with her mom. And so, um, that was great when she found out. And, you know, Kim is so, you know, the character of Reva was like, that's my sister, period. She's now family. Um, and it was great, too. Well, you know, we had the later years of when she pulled the plug and killed Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then when her son slept with my daughter and their cousins, like, oh, my God. But, um, but yet, you, because we had that underlying love of being sisters, the pain was so much bigger when these things would happen. And when, you know, Reva wants to protect her son, Jonathan, who's only doing these things because he's hurt, but Cassie's like, F off, that's my daughter. I hate your son. Um, you know, and made for good time. You know, Great good song. And yeah. it only mattered because we were sisters and we loved each other so much. Yes. 
You know, it, it that's when it matters. Mm. So, All right, Alan. Is yes, it your turn? Alan. <laughs> okay, you've been playing Carly for almost 15 years this October. What's been your favorite story to play as Carly? Oh, that's such a hard one. I get asked this all the time. And um, I mean, I, I have like a top five. Um, anything with Steve Burton. Like when he came Ooh. back from the dead, like anything yeah. with Steve Burton yeah. is um, when they really give us material and, or a good story together, it's the best. I mean, Steve and I um, work so well together and we really um, uh, trust each other and go there. You know, there, we're, there's just, we're unafraid mm -hmm. when we work together. And we, you know, I didn't originate Carly, but he, he would never say that I didn't, you know, like he's, he's like, I don't even remember it not being you. And so that's such an honor because that's how much I believe and love the Carly, Jason, Sonny. I love the three of them. And, um, and so, and I love how, I love Carly's love for Jason, that it's, um, sure it's ridiculous and you know you can say all the things that it is which it is you know if, if it, it all the things that it is to the person that might love him on the other side you know <laughs> carly's obnoxious she's you know uh jealous she's clingy she's needy of jason all the absolutely 100 but no one loves jason and like she does and it's not romantic it's like no one loves him in the way she did. And, and I love the story that was told to me that she didn't know about his accident and didn't know that there was something wrong with him. And then when she was with AJ and they would talk about the messed up um, Jason, the character, you know, I don't know what she, she, he gave a different name, but the, the messed up brother who has brain damage. And then when she found out it was her Jason, she was like, there's nothing wrong with him, yeah. you know? And that they saw him as damaged goods because he didn't live the life they wanted him to live. And she just saw him as the person she loved. I think that's so beautiful. And, um, you know, I think that that is everything for the character for me. Um, that no one will ever love him unconditionally in her mind, but her. Yes. It's true. And I think it's that's true. really beautiful. It's so I love all true. It's always been consistent, Jason Carly's relationship mm -hmm. since the day I've been watching, like right. since the '90s, has been constantly oh, years. the same. Yeah, it's always been the same. It's never changed, no matter who's playing Carly. Right. Now, I didn't Carly. watch it when Tamara. I didn't watch. I didn't watch very much when Tamara played. Um, I watched with Sarah because I Sarah? loved. <laughs> yeah. Loved, yeah. loved Sarah. I loved. I loved her Carly because you know, I was on Loving at the time and watching her play Carly was so amazing to see an actress come on in daytime that was that strong and wasn't afraid to, to ugly cry you know and and wasn't glamorous you know she was white trash and you know so the character <laughs> was told i'm not you know like this is what they called her when she came on um and i remember watching that going wow she's just so open you know it's not that glamorous soap opera character that you usually mm -hmm. see she was so raw and I love that. Um, so, and I love the, you know, um, Morgan, I mean, uh, Michael being shot and put in a coma. That was my first really big emotional stuff to play. Um, Carly and Jack's love story, I loved, loved it. Yes, um, I, I do, I love that. It was such, because it was, we called her, we always called ourselves the Rachel and Ross because um, we tried to make it light and funny. 
yeah. and romantic, you know, because Jax is like a white knight. He's so great. Um, and you know, the Morgan dying has been heavy, and I the 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 Alzheimer story is um, great. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. I mean, I love. There's so much more. I mean, when Jason came back, you know, Eden, anything with Eden. I love that Carly and her kids, like working with Chad and Eden, are so funny to me. Like when we're on set, it's just hilarious. Like, you know, we all make fun of Chad and he deserves it. <laughs> we love Chad. He's he's a good sport. He takes it. <laughs> I had loved um, when they did the uh, train, I mean, not the train crash, the bus crash about 10 years ago. And oh, yeah. Carly was just in it. And you were so electric for those two weeks. Every day, you were making me cry. I mean, uh, I felt your pain as this mother. And oh, gosh. Crazy. Watching you has just been a gift. That's what I have. The, the train oh, for me you. was everything. Like, oh. Uh. Like, I was getting rushing into the mix and like right. Lord. When, what did you say? Oh, the train ride. Right. When you first came on on the show. Oh, yeah, when I first came yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, she didn't even have much to say. They, you know, Carly just, you just just getting right out of the nothing house, sneaking around. Yes, they did. Uh, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, yeah, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> like the minute the minute so proper just reported that you were cast, I'm like. Oh, we're gonna love this. I just, <laughs> is so different. That was really funny because I didn't really I mean, hesitate. Like I have to say that when people were like, Were you has did you think you could do it? And I'm like, in a heartbeat. I wasn't even concerned. Came on with gangbusters. Because I was like, give her to me. Like, but I couldn't have done it before. I had to go through playing Carla Cassie and I needed to work with all those actors on Guiding Light. Or I would have been intimidated and afraid. And I wasn't. I, I was so excited. Um to jump in and play Carly when it was handed to me. And I was like, give her to me. And it was the perfect time because it was like a, a reset for the character. You know, she has suffered from so much, the kids getting kidnapped and her almost, you know, causing an accident with Elizabeth and going off to the nut house. It was like a hard reset. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm -hmm. and Carly had already dealt with mental illness being, you know. right. I remember, um, I remember that she like crumbled to the ground and right when Sonny was putting her in the, when Jenny played her and um, Sonny was putting her into the middle world where they had her until I came yes. on. And um, I guess it was like a couple years later, something happened and they're like, I was on set and they were directing me and they wanted me to crumble to the ground. I said, no, I said, she will never crumble again. I said, I will sit if it's my kid and you're broken. I get that. But for a man, hell no. Yeah. Crumbling to the ground. Not any man ever again. Thank you, Laura. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry. What made so much sense that time when Carly did crumble because so much had happened to her when Jennifer Branson played her. I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, and not only that, so if you do it too much and everyone gets a, a crumble to the ground, then nobody, then nobody matters, right? But it was yeah. Sunny putting her into the mental hospital, and I also have no problem, like, you know, because God forbid anyone locks Sonny up, right? Because he doesn't like, you know, his character's like, I can't be locked up. And I'm like, <laughs> if they I, you know, I always want to say to him, but you didn't have a problem sticking my ass in the middle. Room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tiggs, what's your final question for Laura? My final question, Laura, has there been times where Carly be acting in a way and you were just like, hmm. 
Oh maybe, yeah, like maybe there, I there are times the, like when I had to smack saying, Robin, I'm smacking the girl with AIDS on the show. I'm like, oh my lord, <laughs> you guys, how no. am I gonna sell this? And Kimberly, you know, Kimberly's so funny. Um, and she goes, and we're on set, and I'm like, I can't believe it. She's laughing because she's like, because I have to do it because it's a part of the scene and it go, it tracks, like you know. And I'm like, well, you better give me a reason. Like, you better come at me, you know, like it yeah. was. That was a tough one, but it worked because I, she said things and I remember when I smacked her, I had tears in my eyes and coming down and she goes, <laughs> at the end of the scene, she goes, you smack me and you get the sympathy. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I go, I had to come up with something because I look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying because Carly is such a reactionary character. So I'm like, oh, yeah. every time when Laura's yeah. just like, Carly, girl, can I talk to you for a minute? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, there was times when. But you Carly... know what? It, and when I just smack Elizabeth, you know these and these girls are all like half my size. Like they're so <laughs> tiny. I'm like the giant Gantor on the show, you know. Until until um, Michelle Stafford and then Cynthia Watros. I'm like, oh, people that are tall, like especially Michelle is very tall. But um. I started it like Kelly Monaco's tiny, Becky Herbs is tiny, Kimberly <laughs> McCullough, Fanola Hughes, like everyone is so tiny. And I'm like, hey. Um, so uh, when I have ever yelled Becky, I'm like, oh, great, Becky. And she laughs, <laughs> you know, like we laugh because we're all friends, um, even though people like to think we're not, but we are. <laughs> we all really like each other, um, especially Kelly Monaco and I. She's, she's pretty funny. Uh, and like, Kirsten and M, they're my dressing room neighbors. They're tiny. I mean, M is the tiniest. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kelly Monaco, I mean, the amount of heights and boots she has to wear because she's so short. Um, I'll say tiny, not short. That's not nice. Um, but uh, that's that was the kind of like a shocker. Oh, uh, when Carly slept with Jackson, Sonny came over <laughs> after the whole <laughs> Nell thing. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, that was kind of scripted differently that I didn't. Um, I had I struggled with, and so I went and had a meeting with Frank and Ron. He was writing at the time, and I said, "I really want this to be great, and I love the story beat, but getting there was really hard for me um, on how it was structured." And so we just sat down and had a conversation and just reworked it um, because there um, we really wanted the moment of Sunny telling Carly, you know, Nell was lying. I didn't sleep with her. You know, it was all a lie and I love you so much. And I wanted you to, you know, him giving his heart. And then Jax walks around the corner like, hey, where's the wine with his shirt off? <laughs> um, and you wanted that to land so great. And, and instead they had a lot of it being said with Jax standing here and they're standing there in the original script. And we kind of felt like Sonny wouldn't be so open and loving if he knew Carly had just slept, you know. He would, exactly. of course not. No, of course <laughs> not. And so, but it was such a great beat to get caught and, and for that to be so devastating. You know, it was a great story beat, right? It's like the second you find out the truth, it's too late. And so um, it's great soap structure. And so, um, so all they did was rework the, the, how it was structured, like when Jax came in the room and it made all the difference in the world. And that was, I mean, we could barely get through it from laughing. Like every rehearsal, we're crying because Ingo would just <laughs> come around the corner like, hey, we're like, oh my God, you can't do that. We, But um, by the time we got to taping, Maurice was so like vulnerable and genuine and I just was, you know, 
So we were there, but um, those were pretty funny. That was a big like, oh great, this is a wow. Um, I don't know, the, the you know, sex in the limo after we put Michael in the coma home was uh, interesting. That was an interesting choice. That was a twist in the hand. <laughs> but, it, but you know what, I bought it. I was like, they're yeah. devastated. They lean on each yeah. other. They always make bad decisions when they're in this headspace. You yeah. know, it's a soap. It was, I thought and the it was fans loved it. It was in character. It was in character for both of them. To for that. sure. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, there, there, you know, there are things where I go, oh, Lord, oh, well. Yeah. Usually it's when I yell at people and I'll go, when we get on set, I'm like, I'm just going to say I'm sorry now because I'm getting ready to be a jerk. Um, like when I had to yell at Kiki after Morgan died and I just ripped oh, her yeah. in the house. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that was fine, girl. Yeah. We like that. Yeah. We like that. <laughs> I mean, it was a little rough, yeah. but you know. Mm. No shade to Haley, but we like that. That was yeah. <laughs> God bless Haley. Oh my God. I was like, I just grabbed her when the scene ended. I just grabbed her and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She was like, cry. You know, it was so powerful. But yeah. And that translated on camera, though. I mean, yeah. I, I remember that episode and it was almost like, oh my God, you know, Haley's really selling this choked up emotion and stuff. And then to find out, oh, that was kind of real. <laughs> yeah, we, we really, we really showed up for that, those scenes, yeah. that whole storyline. What made it so great, I think though, is because I think it was pent up frustration from Carly because Carly had given Kiki the benefit of the doubt for so damn long. And if she pulls that mess, I would have went off too. Yeah, that and um, <laughs> I love the scenes where, um, you know, Anthony came, doc, or um, Dr. Maddox, and he was like, yes. you know, so I'm like, I'm supposed to like, I stayed away, I followed the rules, and my son's mm -hmm. dead. So, yes. hold on. Mm -hmm. Alexa, stop. <laughs> it's, it should have 10 more minutes, but you need to take the lid off and check it and see what it looks like. <laughs> anyway, okay, next question. We all have normal <laughs> lives when we record. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what this chicken stew is gonna taste like. <laughs> Luckily, Wesley eats anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Rodrigo, um, what's your final question for Laura? So Laura, I need to know, what is the biggest misconception about Car about the character of Carly that you have to constantly defend either on Twitter or at fan events? Um, I think the only thing, people really like Carly a lot. You know, they would they want her as a friend, which I think is so yes. funny, um, which I get. I'm like, me too. I want her as a friend. Um, uh, the, when people say she's crazy, I'm like, she's not crazy. You know, um, of course, it's a soap character, so it, it, to make her interesting, everything's heightened. Um, right. But I don't think she's crazy. I think her behavior in the past or at times can um, uh, be uh, explosive, um, given the character and what she feels that she's had to overcome. But I don't think she's crazy. Um, you know, I find it really fun um, what she gets to do or what I get to do when I play her. Um, but uh, I don't think she's crazy. That's the only thing that I think people think, or a lot that, you know, they want Car Carly to back off, so, you know, leave Jason alone, let Sam have him, okay? <laughs> you know, when you're happy, you're boring. That would be, that would you know, it's be only fun. fun. Yeah. 
you know, you want to be, you know, how many times did Carly storm into, storm into um, Jason's apartment without knocking? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yes. ridiculous. Like a sitcom character. <laughs> yeah, totally. Have you tasted it? Is that, how is it? Hi, Wes. Hey, Wes. Right. Hey, Wes. Hey, Wes. <laughs> Look, we all, Lord, I mean, Wes from Charmed and Guiding Light. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Watch. Yeah, something. he's a, he's, you know, yes. he's Go been Lord. a busy man. Oh, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm a lucky I'm lady. <laughs> come say hi. Um, so anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Alan, what's your final question for Laura? Well, we all know actors have opinions about stories. So, what was your least favorite story to play on Guiding Light? My least favorite? Mm -hmm. On Guiding Light. The clone storyline. That was, you know, I mean, I would think that was my least favorite. <laughs> um, I mean, it was definitely interesting. If I had to pick a least favorite, I guess that one, um, but I, I, it'd have to be that one just because it was kind of crazy and out there, but I worked all the time and Kim kicked ass. Um, and you know, but yeah, that was kind of my, you know, I mean, how do you really invest and get in that? You know, you're the whole time you're like going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was wacky. I mean, how do we tell it seriously? Like, you know, which yeah. is what should have been, uh, which I'm sure at times there was a lot of the dialogue was probably like, are you what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and she's walking around and she's now already in, but, and she's, she's that, you know, <laughs> definitely a clone story was a bit odd. Yeah. Daphne was good, though. Who? Daphne was good in the story. I say that. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. I just wasn't my favorite storyline. I mean, everyone, everyone did their best and kicked ass. I just was like, oh, you know. That was wacky. <laughs> did you Did you guys like it? Is that what you guys? I loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You on it. It was It was original for the time of daytime. Oh, all of that. Yeah. All of that. Absolutely. I'm just saying, as an actor in it, it yeah. was very. Yeah. Um, I get it. Challenging yeah. to find yeah. grounded in reality yeah. and. Um, <laughs> like yeah. my, my um, favorite Cassie story was when Cassie got with Josh. She was already gone, girl. Oh I, I, yeah. I, I didn't think that Cass, Cassie would have never did that to Reed. Like I just. No, I tell you how the storyline would have probably worked out, um, or somewhat. You know, when I watched it, it seemed to be written a lot because I would tune in at times. You know, since my family, it seemed <laughs> to be written where they were excited, and I feel like it that story should have been told from a place of them trying to stay away from each other. And they were yes. so drawn. Yes. Yeah. If you wanted the audience yeah. to take yeah. that journey with you, yeah. then that you had to have um, found a way to forgive them. Mm -hmm. And and in that it should have been they're trying to stay away and and finding this incredible desire and then angry and that push pull. Um, yes. If you could do it at all, like, you know, um, I, I was told about that storyline in when I was almost negotiating to come to stay and mm. I was like, 
Boy, they couldn't have given me a better reason to leave. <laughs> well, I, remember, I remember you said that. He's uh, like, I, just, I remember then. I'm like, that's right, girl. That's good right. choice, Laura. Good choice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was already, you know, but I was like, uh, yeah. that's a hard one to pull off. Um, yeah. yeah, you're like, that's I mean, it, you, I don't know how it happened. Did they cheat behind her back or were Josh and Reva apart? I don't remember. They were kind of apart, but they had just made Kathy yeah. so unlikable. Like they did not write her at all the way they were, they wrote for you. And no well, the hard part with that is, is that it only works if you if you play the head the re, the reality of what you're doing. Like mm -hmm. you can't hide from that part of the story. The part of the story is that's my sister. She, I can't believe I I'm in love with this man. He's got to stay away from me. What's I'm awful. Like they did not play it like that. Like they no, had to play Reva. Why do you say his name like that? Joshua, Joshua, and you know, you know Kim. Well, that's his name. And she just hated to like, they just, Cassie was not likable in that storyline at all. Yeah, it, it, I, just, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't right. right. Well, they played it for almost comedy because I will never forget the scene where Kim, um, Reva went, oh, and then you slept with my sister. And I'm like, there's no lap track in the background at Guiding Light, you know? Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Not that, your Cassie. But Not a blame you, girl. That's what's well, you know, I would have, I would have definitely been like, it can't, this story can't be told this yeah. way, you know? That's what's made you work as Carly, because no matter who's been playing Carly, the character is still the same. And that's what helped with a great recast. The acting, because yes, girl, you've yeah, been doing Yeah, I mean, you have but to. The, the, the um, writing, with the character had to stay consistent. They totally changed Cassie when she left. Yeah. Totally. Hold on. Wes? <laughs> trying to get him to turn up. One second. I got to turn off the oven. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're kind, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this is so real. I love it. I love and it. I tell you what, and we, you know, you guys know at the chat, we don't edit anything out. So right now, Laura's so, checking her stew. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great for the fans. Fans need yes. stuff like this. Yeah, I just had to get it out of the oven. I don't want it to be overcooked. I have some, I have some uh, chicken breasts in there, not just the chicken thighs, and they'll get dry. Mm, so, um, yeah. And I have no idea what this is going to taste like. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I was so happy for my eight years there. And again, hey, well, oh, hello to Wes. I'm the chef's assistant. <laughs> have fun, guys. Thank you. So cute. Very fine looking oh, so chef's cute. assistant. Oh, so okay. Cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I had the best time. I mean, I loved it. I, and, and let me just say, the clone storyline wasn't my favorite in like all the stuff I got to do. So, mm -hmm. but I didn't hate it. It just like wasn't my it favorite. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. It was hard. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick one, that would be it because I couldn't really, it's hard to ground, grind, uh, ground it in reality. You know, love the San Cristobal stuff. That was fine. After a while, oh, it got difficult San because Christopher. it felt like we were on our own island. Okay, Princess Cassie. Yeah, that's good stuff. That was fun. Okay. I love working with David Andrew McDonald when they put Cassie and Edmund together. I, I love that story yeah. because because everyone said how, that would never happen. And I loved how they told, they had, that was my point. They fell in love when she, because um, and they brought in every part of it. Like they they discussed the fact that I'm angry with you and I hate you and you hurt me and and you weren't good to my husband who I adored. You know, like she they she was able to tell all that and I um, I loved it because that that made it real. You know. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And um, now transitioning back to Loving, um, somebody who was there for the majority of your character stint was the amazingly inventive creative writer Millie Taggart. Um, so what was it like receiving material from such an iconic daytime writer? Honestly, I did not, um, we didn't have much to do with the writers when I worked on Loving. That was back in the day when the writers were kind of separate from the cast. Like you didn't really see your writing team. So I didn't even know what I was getting and who was writing at the time. I mean, mm -hmm. and I never pay attention to script writers because um, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to um, have opinions. I want it all to be great, you know, so I don't want to single people out in any kind of way. Um, uh, I mean, occasionally I'll be like, this is really good and different. Uh, this is so witty. Who wrote this? And I'll ask, it's not on our script. Um, we know all the writer's names are on the script, but we don't know who wrote that specific script. So when I was on Loving, I was really young. I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't realize that I was getting the great work from the great writers. So, but now when I think back, just great soap story. Great That's real cool. family, you know, like the, the poor family, the Aldens and the Rescots, and you know, it's it's classic soap. Um, when I came on and they had on, and they brought on Michael Weatherly, Pontheny Stewart, Eden Atwood, Rebecca Gayhart, uh, Roger right. Howard. Amelia Heinlein, all of them, oh. Yeah, Amelia came on, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh. She came on after after they did the um after they kind of shifted it a bit and it was Steffi, such a funny character. Right. Um, so yeah, like it was very um I, it was a great place to grow. I mean, I loved I loved being a working actor on a soap opera in New York City. I loved every second of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was the nineties, I know it was fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I started in 91. I was there till 97. And then I went to Guiding Light from 97 to 2005. I and mean, it was so fun. When I went, when it was Christmas time and I worked on Guiding Light, and we would have a lunch break um, at Grand Central Station. They had all the Christmas foods set up so you could go shop. And David McDowell and I would run over there on our break and we'd be like, it's Chris trying to hurry up in Christmas shop and get a coffee and get back. But and right in our, you know, lunch break. So fun. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, New York will always be home. Always be, like, if I'd say, what was your home? What feels like when you go home is when I go to New York. I love that city. I mean, California is great. It's a beautiful. Like, you can't, you just can't beat the weather in California. Like, but it's not the same. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just not, it's not New York City. So Laura, what I love about you is that you interact with the fans so heavily on Twitter. Um, so for fans who want to keep interacting with you, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh, I'm L, L Dubs. It's L-L-D-U-B-S um, on Twitter. And then I'm welcome to Laura's World on Instagram. So. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on our little show. Laura, oh, thank, thank you, so guys. Laura, so thank fun. You so it was like you a fun trip down trip. memory lane for yes. me. I love yes. that. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> you have just been such a treat. Yes. yes. Oh, thank you so much. You guys have been a treat. Um, and I am grateful. You know, it's um, it's crazy times. And it's nice to talk to people and see faces, even though this is how we're doing it. And I hope you guys go back to work soon. Yeah. 
Oh, there me too. They're working on it. You know, I, I know all the studios are getting together yeah. and everyone's working on putting, um, you know, uh, policies in place that keep everyone safe, but get us back to work as soon as we can. Amen. And come back Can't anytime, Laura. Yes, sir. You guys have a good night. <laughs> you, you too, too sweetie. Thank you so much. Love Thank you, you so much. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Well, wow, that was absolutely amazing. Oh, she was such a treat. She Amazing. Was. She's such a sweetheart. I love her. I love her. Yes. And Tiggs, you had brought up uh, Laura's daytime Emmy nod for this year in the Outstanding <laughs> Actress category. <laughs> I thought it was only right. I mean, she was right there like, girl, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> and so now let's talk about these Emmy noms for this year. Um, First, we'll start with the general reaction. Rodrigo, what do you think of the Emmys returning to CBS after eight years? Um, I think it's a good time to bring it back. I know people are saying they're only bringing it back because there's nothing to watch on TV and it's some programming to put on, whatever. But what the hell? The daytime Emmys are back on TV. <laughs> uh, Take it back any way we can. I don't have to go through technical difficulties on Twitter or Facebook <laughs> or any of that bullshit. So, like, this is a good time. Like, okay, we must, we, I, guess we, I think we should embrace it. They're actually doing something this year. We don't know what type of show they're going to do this year, how they're going to do it. But, hey, at least they gave a damn to put it back on TV. That's the only thing I can be grateful about. Maybe this could be the start of something new again and the fact that cbs is making the commitment to put it back on the air when they don't really have to that says a lot and i'm very excited about this year's emmys the nominations it's a different story we'll but, get into that um, definitely <laughs> Child. That. but at the same time i'm very grateful i get to watch this on tv it's going to be very interesting this year how they're going to do with the pandemic and covid and whatnot but I'm sure they'll come up with something creative. A lot of these shows are coming up with something creative for these shows while they're on, not be able to be on studio or whatnot. So I'm very excited for it. I think it will be something very fun and interactive maybe. So we'll see. So I'm just excited it's back on TV. That's, a, that's I'm very excited about that. So, Alan, let's turn to you first about a discussion of the nominations. We'll start with Outstanding Lead Actress. Uh, nominees this year include Finola Hughes as Anna Devane, General Hospital, Katherine Kelly Lang as Brooke Logan, The Bold and the Beautiful, Heather Tom as Katie Logan, The Bold and the Beautiful, Mara West as Ava Jerome, General Hospital, and Ariane Zucker as Nicole Walker, Days of Our Lives. So what is your overall reaction to the Lead Actress list, and who do you think should take it? Well, they're fine actresses. I'm, I'm a little iffy on why Brooke is on there. What did Brooke do last year? I don't really remember what Brooke did last year. Last time, <laughs> what? Ariane Zucker would be deserving, but she did a good job playing Kirsten as Nicole. That was interesting. But yeah, I'm hoping Mara wins it because she did a phenomenal job last year, playing all the nuances of freaking finding out her daughter was murdered by a guy that was dicking her down. That was, yes. that was pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> and then Tiggs, what is your reaction to the overall list and who do you think will take it? Um, 
the overall list is good. You know, I mean, Heather Tom, you know, they they give Katie polio once a year, so you know, so she can get that Emmy now. She has um, the vaccine to the coronavirus. If they would just uh, drop, ain't she? And you know, Mara always. Mara was robbed last year. No shade to Jackie Wood, but child. But yes, Mara's <laughs> always good. Laura, we love you, Laura. Laura has a plethora of scenes that yes. she could have shelved out. So, child. But me, I, I would be really happy with Catherine or Aaron. It's like, yeah, Brooke didn't really do nothing last year. But did she? Did she throw Thomas over that 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 balcony? Wasn't that last year? Was that this year? I think that was last year. Wasn't that very late last year? Yeah, she might she might have submitted those scenes. Matt Hanby's going to have to tweet us and tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, yeah. But, you know, Catherine, she's been driving that show for 33 years. It's about time she gets something. And Arian, good Lord, Nicole been crying for 10 years. And she did a great <laughs> job as Nicole playing, you know, Kristen playing Nicole. It, even though that it was just OG Nicole that we all miss dearly. Exactly. But like, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would want it to be either one of them. Either one of them. That's what I'm hoping. But most likely, it's probably going to be Mora or Heather. So, Rodrigo, what are your thoughts on the lead actress category, and who do you think will take it? You already know who the, you already know who I want to win in this category. So I don't know why you're asking me. It's more to the West. <laughs> As always, I would always vote for her. She was robbed last year. I was yeah. pissed about that shit. No disrespect <laughs> to Jacqueline McKenna's Woods, but you are no better than Maura Wes. I'm sorry. I don't give a damn. I don't care about the tapes. I saw the tapes last year, and there was no way you would have you would have beat Maura Wes. But this year, I think it's it's up in the air. They might give it to Kathy Kelly Lang as a you know lifetime achievement because she's been on that show for thirty years and she has not ever won an Emmy, which is I find that so hard to Hi. believe that Kathy Kelly Lang has never won an Emmy for that show. But uh, Heather Tom, I don't know what you did last year, baby. You had one good story for five minutes, and I know Heather's the, Heather's the bomb. I love Heather. But you can't give her a nomination for five minutes of scenes because she didn't have no story the whole year. Yeah. I don't know what she had. Uh, Laura Wright, love her. She, you know how Laura's great. Maura West, I just think Maura just has, she can she can read a telephone book and she can get nominated for an Emmy because she's that good. And I just think the material she had this year, I think she's been driving story on GH even though they don't give Ava the proper respect that she deserves. But when Maura gets those storylines or whatever she needs to play, she plays it however you give it to her. And I would love to see her win again. Another Emmy, she deserves it. And I'm not just saying because I love her, I just think she deserves it. Because everyone in that category, Maura West is the best. Since in daytime, I've said that for years. She's the best right now. She's the best that's ever going to be in daytime. Yes. So, yeah, I'm going for Mora. Should win, will win, all the way. So. And for me, I feel as though Heather Tom is becoming a little too Ellen DeGeneres of this category. Like, why is she always a shoe in every year? Heather is phenomenal, but girl didn't do nothing last year. I mean, my God, she logged more hours of sleep playing Katie than I did last year. <laughs> yeah. 
Hello. Oh, God. But yeah, I am, I'm actually, you know, I gotta be honest, I'm rooting for Catherine Kelly because it's about damn time. And she delivers good work every day. You know, Catherine's a pro at this. She runs that show. She knows what she does as Brooke. It's great. Um, and I'm rooting for Ariane too, because wow, for her to play Kristen, you know, it was a little over the top. I didn't want to see another mask story, but with Stacey and Ariane playing it, it worked. And it was so awesome. Um, and of course, Laura, I mean, come on now. Laura will always deliver it. So it's a tough category. And I think way better than last year's. So we'll see what happens. Um, now let's transition over to the many dare I say, surprises of the lead actor category. Um, <laughs> we'll start with um, Alan here instead of Tiggs, because I know Tiggs will probably go on a rant and blow our budget about this, but the nominees are Steve Burton as Jason Morgan, General Hospital, Torsten oh, as Rachel oh. Christer, The Bold and the Beautiful, John Lindstrom as Kevin Collins and Ryan Chamberlain, General Hospital, uh, Teo Panglis as Tony DeMera, Days of Our Lives, and Jason Thompson as Billy Abbott, The Young and the Restless. Alan, go for it. Dissect it. Where do we even begin, and who do you think will win? Headless was only on screen last year for three months. Why is he the lead actor? It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Jesus there Christ. We and we're off. <laughs> I want John Lynch to win. Hopefully John Lynch wins. Because otherwise, Val Pegasus wins for three months of work. That's fucking bullshit. Oh my god, who's voting for this stuff? <laughs> um, I, you know, there were a couple head scratchers for me here. I didn't understand Teo. I love Teo Pegasus. I really <sighs> do. But just like his first lead actor nomination about fifteen years ago, or like thirteen years ago, this isn't no. No, no, you don't no. nominate. You don't nominate. You don't nominate Drake Holgerson, but you nominate exactly. Tales, or again. Brandon and... Barish. I mean, Brandon. Uh, come on. Yeah. Right. I, like, like, like Brandon took a trash character and turned him into a fan favorite that the fans begged to bring back. Begged like, to come yes. back. Yeah. And overall, um, I'm not going to say too much about Steve because, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel as though this was quite a shock um, to me because I'm like, why? 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 Um, I want to see the real. What did he submit? I, I do too. Alan, yeah, yeah you're right. That, that's what I need to know about real. I want to see the real. You know, what did burton pack in the 15 minute max time frame that made a judge stand up and take notice either that a frank valentini blew one of the gay judges on the panel because <laughs> i don't know what could well, happen I, I would love to see john lindstrom take yes me too. Too. because me too. that man took he just he should have won last year but that tape he submitted was trash and he didn't submit a good tape last year, but this year I think he's learned from last year, and I think he will take it home because I that man has taken the fact that he can take two roles, make them so different, and it's so hard 
there's only a handful of actors in daytime history that can take a dual role and make them so different from each other. I really, okay. haven't, like, seen, yeah. I really haven't seen such the separation of a dual role since Martha Byrne played both yeah. Rose and Lily on yes. I really Martha Byrne, yeah. David Canary, David Canary Erica Slazak. Yeah. David Canary, you couldn't tell me as Lily. You can tell who's who doing that. Um, you thought it was two different people. Like John you couldn't tell me. Played, yeah. John plays Kevin and Ryan like two different, completely different characters. So and menacing I, and so yes. disgustingly evil as Ryan, but then so heartfelt about right. caring for the town of Port Charles as Kevin. It's really amazing. And right. I have to he say, just, you know, I also have to give a shout out to Torsten. He's never been my Ridge. He's never been never. somebody I view as Ridge. But I think it's pretty great he made it into this category after all these years in daytime. Um, and I also, you know, Jason Thompson, I've got to give it up for him. I don't think he should win. However, he really turned shit into sugar, as Jamie Giddens says about him. Oh, he did, because I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing has made sense about the character of Billy Abbott since Josh Griffin has taken over that damn show. Mal Young wrote Billy better. and But Jason, he brought it to the occasion. We had to get Jay. dragged through grieving for Dilly yet again, and she's been dead for 20 years. But he, yeah. he did what he needed to do. Well, Jason should have won years ago for Patrick Drake. Like that, yeah. like he should have won that for Patrick Drake years ago when Doug Doug Davidson won that year. That should have been Jason Thompson's award, but that's another story. But uh, <laughs> uh, Ricky, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if Jason Thompson took it this year. Me as well, because he is so good. Yeah, in any role he does, and the fact that he can come, he went from GH to the Young and the Restless. And took a character that was a recast and made that character his own and just continues to just just do what he does. And like I'm very impressed by what he's done with the character. So I wouldn't be mad if he won too. So John Lindstrom is my top fave. Jason Thompson is my runner-up, but uh yeah, I think it's a it's gonna be a race between those two guys just because yes. I feel that they will have the strongest reels out of everybody in that category. Um, so it's gonna be very interesting to see where that goes. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like like y'all said, tail was on, but I don't even remember him being on three months last year. No, that was and like I said. I love tail. I I really I, love I do Teo, too, but, but this is. This is special was, guest was, star performer. That was guest you know? star shit. That was guest star yeah. shit. That was not yeah, the lead like, actor. And I don't understand how he jumped from guest star to lead actor. Yeah, <laughs> all Tony did last year was get back together with Anna and get roped into Kristen's scheme when she was playing Nicole. What did he do to garner the nomination? Well, and let's, you know, let's bring that up real quick. Um, why is it that Teo gets a nomination, but Stacey Hyde Duke doesn't get a nomination? The best exactly. female recast in the last 10 years. Yeah. Explain that um, because I don't understand it. Alan, go ahead. What were you gonna say? She's phenomenal. She didn't get nominated. Neither did Camilla Banis. It's fucking bullshit. Both no. Stacey Hyde and Camilla Banis carried the show days on their backs last year. No nomination. No nothing. It's bullshit. Exactly. Um, now let's turn over to supporting actress, which I really love. Everybody on this list acting. Class. Hold on, Casey. Uh uh. Uh uh. What the hell did Steve Burton do to get a nomination last year? Please tell me. All I'm saying no one is, knows. you know what? 
Hey, Shanks needs to high duck's hair a little bit and let her take Steve Burton's place in the lead actor category. <laughs> okay, because he blinked dramatically. And Torsten K. Torsten is a good actor, but he's Zach Slater with a sketch pad. He is not no damn Ridge Force. Okay, keep going, Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, my favorite category is definitely the supporting actors category. I love that so many old faves snuck in here and even a new person that we've all loved. Um, so let's hop into the nominations. We've got Tamara Braun as Dr. Kim Nero, General Hospital. Rebecca Buttig as Hayden Barnes, General Hospital. Susan C. Fortes as Julie Williams, Days of Our Lives. Crystal Khalil as Lily Winters, The Young and the Restless. And Annika Noel as Hope Logan, The Bold and the Beautiful. Rodrigo, talk to me about your reactions to this, what I view as a great list, and who do you think will take it? Um... Casey, you might think it's a great list, but I'm just like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know I love you some Tamara Braun, but that Kim Nero character, no, 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 no. That is not the tea. She did what she could with that character, but I'm just like, no. She probably gonna, she probably submitted those Oscar dying scenes, which, which is the only good thing that came out of that whole tenure is when Oscar died. Um, the other nominees so Tamara Brown, Crystal Khalil, uh, who's the second Rebecca Budding and Annika. Oh, yeah. Rebecca Budding, Hayden Barnes, because Rebecca Budding came in on a three month arc and just nailed everything that came to her, even though they abruptly ended that storyline. What they came up with her for her, I think she just nailed that character like. If they could bring that character back, bring back Hayden. I don't know why they keep fucking with Rebecca. Keep bringing <laughs> they her need to, because she's the only person I've been with. Keep bringing her back to write her out so abruptly all the time. It's like, why? Hayden's one of the best characters you've had in the longest time. Rebecca brings it all the time. She brings, especially her and Michael Easton. That chemistry is yes. uh, amazing. Because I can't stand two. Finn with Anna. Can't stand it. Yes, but Finn and Hayden. <laughs> Faden is the deal. Faden is the real deal for me. But Rebecca came in and just did the thing. And Susan C. Four Hayes, I love you, girl. But, like, I'm not. Julie's not one of my favorite characters. Oh, you didn't mean you didn't call Julie a bad girl? No, God, God. Oh, no. The mandacious bitch, all this shit. She was saying, no, I don't like that shit. Uh, whatever, I don't like it. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we all loved poor sweet Julie Williams turning into yeah. a racist. <laughs> Crystal Khalil. I think Crystal Khalil probably submitted the episode, um, Neil's funeral scenes, which she I did. thought were yes. very good, um, which she could probably have a good chance of winning because those are some really, really good scenes. Yeah. Um, but if I had to like handle this somewhere, I, it's Rebecca Buddy. I think Rebecca has been in this industry for years, never has garnered the recognition that she deserved. Um, and I just think that this, this, whatever, they didn't do a lot for Hayden, but when she was on the canvas, she really brought her egg in, especially the scenes where Hayden had to leave, had to leave um, Violet with Finn. Those yeah. scenes tore me to pieces. And if she submitted those scenes, I think she has it on the back. She has it in the bag. Well, and it's interesting you say that about Rebecca because I think Rebecca has truly adapted in such a great way 
as an actress because you know we went from the early days of all my children and lesbianca and her throwing herself into the water to make it look like she drowned for leo after she pushed laura off the yacht and all that to now where we see her play the pain of a mother and hiding secrets and it, you know she really has done amazing work but i have to say i'm rooting most for the newcomer annika um you know i don't think anybody came in as strong lately as a newcomer to daytime as annika and i totally buy her as the next katherine kelly um uh, alan what do you think you. of the list i think it's a pretty good list there's a few are like mm, why are you here but i think annika is gonna win because even though it's category fraud because she should be in lead actress because he was in Every goddamn episode last year. Yes. Not even a supporting. She is a lead actress. Yeah. Like Alicia, yeah. Alicia Mitchell used to piss me off with that. She every did year. that shit all the time. She did that all the time. Alicia like, Mitchell. You, know, you know, Annika did well though. I think because of Emmy politics. I think you know Annika must have gotten a little you know chat with Catherine saying, "Yeah, hmm, put yourself in supporting." You know how Catherine. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all know how, look, you guys know. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely politics there. So, Alan, who do you think will take it? Do you think Annika will win the whole entire category? I think she might win, or maybe Chris Corleone, because she did have Neil's death. That's yeah. Annika or Chris are going to win. Now, Tiggs, what I found interesting, and I really loved this, is the Christoph St. John special did get nominated in the special programming category. However, do you think if that takes it, or even Wyandar takes it for outstanding writing, because I bet they submitted those episodes, do you think Crystal could get robbed of this Emmy? That, that could be a strong possibility. It could be a strong, because it's one of those things where you're putting putting too many groceries in one shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know y'all had y'all problem with Julie and I do too, but I love me some Susan C4K and I love <laughs> me some cutting juice. God damn it. <laughs> so and after 50 years playing that character, she deserves her damn flowers. That's right. But Annika played it safe. She should be in lead. She played it safe. But yeah, Crystal did a great job. Like Crystal was just coming back to the show after being gone for a minute and having to deal with everything with Neil and Kristoff. She did a great job. Tamara Bryan did what she needed to do. Kim was a mess, but yes. And Rebecca Buddy, yes, because child, she has come such a long way. Cause them days on God and Life, baby. Mm, Michelle Bauer didn't know where she was back then, child. And that's exactly why I didn't mention God and Life. I, said, I know oh. that's why we didn't mention it. I'm gonna mention <laughs> oh shit. But Lord, she took ass all my children. They let her be a bitch. Now she's a daytime superstar. That's right. But yes, Annika may be the out of all the She has the most material. Like she has yeah. the most material. She's driving the most story. So Annika's probably gonna get it. But with Tamara already winning before, she may sneak in. She might sneak in. She wants to. You know, I will say this supporting. is definitely the years of the sneak ins. I feel like you know. There's a lot of dark horses in a lot of these categories um, and a lot of shocks too. Um, so yeah, let the shocks continue as we head into the next category. I think there's 
another kind of great list, but a lot of head scratchers in the supporting actor category. So we've got Mark Grossman as Adam Newman, The Young and the Restless, mm -hmm. Brighton James as Devon Hamilton, The Young and the Restless, Wally Kurth as Justin Kyriakis, Days of Our Lives, Chandler um, thinking about Pizza Massey as Will Horton, Days of Our Lives, James Patrick Stewart as Valentin Cassadine, General Hospital, and the ever-so-sexy wish he would take his clothes off, Paul Telfer as Xander Kyriakis, Days of Our Lives. Um, Tiggs, let's start with you. Which um, veteran or even a little bit newer daytime hunk are you hoping takes this trophy? I want Paul to take it because we have been screaming for years. Like, he is the Kyriakis' answer to EJ and Dave. And to find out that he tested for EJ initially, I'm like, you idiots! <laughs> you idiots! Oh. But yes, I want it to be Paul. But I mean, God, Wally Kurth is the quintessential supporting actor. I mean, like, yes, on paper, Ned Quarterman and Justin Kyriakis are the same goddamn person. But you don't get that from Wally. Yeah. You don't get that. Like, with, with Justin, there's these dark undertones. It's like you, there are times where Justin want to be petty as hell. He just does the stand-up thing and whatever. And Ned is just like, well, I get a little dirty. Olivia may cuss me out later, but I get a little dirty if I got to. You know, right. Justin fights his demons a little bit more than Ned does. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, like, Mark Grossman needs to be in lead, but I'm pretty sure he played the safe. He probably talked to Eric about he it. He could have taken Steve Burton's spot. Yeah, but he probably talked to Eric about it. You better get him supporting, boy. <laughs> Let's see, here we go. You got that? <laughs> I want to know what Chandler submitted, because I'm just like, what the <laughs> hell did you... What the hell? Maybe, maybe when he thought that Will killed Adrian, because I'm just like, I, I don't get it. it I, I can't think of nothing he did last year that made me just be like, oh yes, girl. I was it. really shocked to see him in here. James and again, Stewart. I feel as though Brandon could have taken his spot. Yes, that's going to be real. Yes, yeah. Yes, I mean James Patrick Stewart. He is such a great actor. It's just a Valentine is. He's just so terribly written. It's just, he's yeah. so terribly written. Like a lot of characters on GH. Good actors, mm -hmm. good characters. Terrible writing. But yeah, Brighton James, what the hell did Devon do last year? Well, I bet he submitted oh, the, the, the attack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the I bet he stuff. submitted that yeah. attack, you know, yeah. the yeah. attack, and yeah. I'm just so shocked to see him in support. You know, me and Brighton the same damn age, and I swear to God, he was in Younger League for the longest time. I'm like, Brighton, you're the same damn age. Why are you still in Younger League? You, you, you could be celebrating your 52nd birthday, and Brighton James will still try to sneak in that Young League category. I'm like, damn. <laughs> oh, Lord. Rodrigo, um, what do you make of this list, and who do you think will take it? It's going to be Mark Grossman. I'm just telling you right now, Mark Grossman was so? – Yes, he was Young and the Restless last year. They brought him on this show, and – from the beginning, and I thought he—I think he should have been lead actor because he had the most yeah. storyline on that show. Again, another lead actor going for supporting, which may work in his favor because he had the most material. Um, I—I I mean, what can you say? The guy has—he does not come from daytime. Came into daytime, they gave him five days of work of material. He. And he ate, he aced the material. And, and he also like, had a secret weapon because I know he submitted something with Eric Brain. 
That's a secret. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did submit. Him and Eric Braden have amazing father and son chemistry. That those two together had it's. I've been very surprised by like how this guy has who has not come into daytime can go against Eric Braden and just go toe to toe with him, and they just yes. they're on the same page with each other. So that boy, he hit the ground one. He Woo! hit the ground one. As much as as much as I shaded it on Twitter, I was like, "Why is this man on five days a week? He's a newcomer. Why are they giving so much attention to him?" We all did, yeah. But we all but did, yeah. He he rise to the occasion because he took that material as much as we not might not like might not like a lot of the material, but he took it and he ran with it and. Yes. I can't. The other supporting actors in this category. I mean, I love Wally Curve, but I can't think of a damn. I mean, Justin did last. I mean, maybe, maybe for Adrian's death this year. Maybe I think I think that's what he did. Well, I noticed that Wally, and I don't really want to be mean about this, but it's the truth. Wally, every year he submits in this category, but one year he'll do it as Justin. The next he'll do it as he'll do It's like, dude, we love you. But submit when you actually have an Emmy reel to give. Right. But I mean, he but, probably did do it for Adrian's death, and he did a great oh, job. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, we'll see his snot run down that my YouTube yeah. screen. But but <laughs> my, my pick is Mark Grossman. I think he just, it's his to lose. So uh, I'm going with him. Because you're like Alan, going in there, like, like you see that he, he acted so goddamn good. He got a woman up out of it. He breathed on Shane Chase too many times. And she yeah, said, come yeah. on home with me, baby. Look the way he threw her up against those closet doors. Oh, I'll tell you what. Sharon thought she was sharing Newman that day. She said, uh, you coming back with me. She's like, let's do this without the cameras. Okay, let's rehearse. (laughs) (laughs) Run lines. (laughs) Now, Alan, Mark Grossman's reel is rumored to be the shortest um, of all the acting categories. Do you think that could hurt him? And who do you think will take it overall? I don't think it's going to hurt him at all because people have short attention spans. Less time to watch it, that means probably sticking your mind That's to the theorist. Uh, yeah, I think Mark Rosen will take it because the others are kind of what? What the fuck is Chandler Massey doing in that category? What did Will do last year? What day was Chandler Massey awake? When? Yeah. I can't remember day he actually showed up and acted. Can you? I can't. Um, Alan, I have to agree with you about Chandler. I just, I don't understand it. But however, because Chandler has, what, three Emmys by now? And one that was supposed to be Guy Wilson's. um, (laughs) I think he'll take it just because the Emmys love him so much. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that will be a very Jacqueline McInnes Wood type upset. and he could fart all day and he'd like, freaking love him. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of it. But at least, you know what? You, I kind of take that back because at least Jackie Wood acts her ass off no matter what. So yes. I will say, you it's know, like, all the and everything. Only acts in scenes where like he has a bro crush on whoever he is in the scene with. Like Chris Will should, like, like Brady is Will's uncle. Like Will should not be this excited to, you know, have a conversation about chopsticks with his uncle, but then when he's in scenes with his husband, you playing a Uno again? I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, 
with a goofy look on his face. So, you know. I tell you what, though, it's going to be interesting. I think overall Paul should take it. Um, I think Paul did great work last year, especially with Lindsay Godfrey. Um, and honestly, Paul has been a huge saving grace of days. Um, and Ron writes the hell out of him, and he's amazing. Um, speaking of amazing actors, but not such an amazing category, let's talk about the Outstanding Younger Performer category. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, this year, for those who don't know, the Daytime Emmys has decided to combine the younger actress and actor categories to support those actors in the business who are non-binary. Um, however, in daytime, there are none. So this was definitely a head scratcher. Um, and in turn, many younger actors such as William Lipton got snubbed um, as the category that was supposed to be of equal talent is just a younger actress category. Um, but let's take a look at it. We've got Sasha Cali as Lola Rosales, The Young and the Restless, Olivia Rose Keegan as Claire Brady, Days of Our Lives, Caitlin McMullen as Willow Tate, General Hospital, Eden McCoy as Jocelyn Jacks, General Hospital, Thea Mija as Haley Chin, Days of Our Lives. Girl, bye. Mm, Girl, bye. Girl, Girl, bye. Rock, we okay. go take it away. Go bye. ahead. <laughs> I was with you till you said that last thing. I'm sorry. I'm Her no disrespect. Well, my pick in this category, if we're going to go, okay, okay, we'll start with why William Lipton's not in this category. That man, that little, that boy took a heavy storyline last year. He grew into this role as Cameron. He is like one part of this. Hopefully, this is potential super couple in Cameron and Trina. I think they are very, they have the potential to be yes. a great young super couple. It's Elizabeth and Lucky. It's yeah, it's the same thing. And, yeah. like, it's, young, it's so teen love, which I've missed a lot on Daytime these days. But for this category, if I were to choose, and I, you know, I'm between Eden McCoy, Olivia Rose Keegan, I would go with Olivia Rose Keegan because those scenes where Claire went batshit crazy on Sierra and Ben and just just snapped her whole life away and was written out. Those scenes alone will get Olivia the Emmy because those were some fantastic scenes. Ron wrote some good story, good material for to, to write her out. Um, and she took it and now she's on prime time right now. I think she's on her way back today to do a little short stint again. Um, it would be a good icing on the cake of Olivia Rose because when she started out, everybody was not nice to Olivia Rose Keegan when she started on the show. I was. But I will defend that. I was the Olivia Rose Keegan. No, I was kind of like came, that too. I was kind of like a lot that of people. She was so days of our lives, you know. Yeah, Olivia, and, and, so and days she was acting her age. I mean, Claire yeah. is a vapid ass teenager. She's vapid. Yes, she's but when Ron like, Ron took over the character, he wrote it as a vapid ass teenager, as a vapid, yeah. like you know, take no prison, like this girl, like she he wrote her the hell out of this character. Well, let's not forget, you know, and, nobody's a thespian when they first start, unless you're like Beverly McKenzie. Right. Um, or Kim Zimmer, but I mean, for God's sakes, Alice yeah. 
wasn't what she Yeah, she didn't start off good. And I know, yeah, I mean, my, come pick, on my pick is Olivia. My second pick is Eden McCoy. Yes. Because, just, I mean, as much as we hate this Oscar storyline, you have to admit, Eden carried a lot of play. that story. She yeah. came to play in that story. And even though it was, you know, not a lot of the players were good actors in it, Eden was one of the standouts in that whole storyline. So I would not be mad if she won this, story, this this award as well. So it's between Olivia and Eden to me. Now the others in the category, Sasha Caller, uh, you cool, uh, Caitlin McMullen, she has potential, but the Willow character has really gotten really on my nerves these days. So I'm not really feeling that character, but it's Olivia and Eden between those two, but I'm gonna go with Olivia this year. Well, all I have to say about some of this category is beautiful gowns. Okay. <laughs> Great gowns. Um, <laughs> I think um, that with this category, they should have done a 50-50 split between male performers and female performers. Maybe like three actresses and three actors. Um, but out of who we have, out of this uh, younger actress list, um, I probably have to go with Eden. I'm leaning a lot towards Eden. You know, she reminds me so much of a young Laura Wright. Um, there's such a sparkle in her eyes. She's electric on screen. She's growing so much from her first day there. Um, so yeah, definitely going with Eden. As a backup, as who I think could possibly snatch it from her, I have to say Olivia. Um, just because Olivia has been in the category uh, before, um, the daytime Emmys know her work already, um, and Claire is so much fun, and she is so, um, she's such a viper. Um, so yeah, I think these two girls own this category, and who knows, you know, the daytime Emmys love that odd tie for some reason, so could be a tie. Um, Alan, what do you think? Are you rooting for your girl, Eden? Of course. <laughs> I think she'll win. I think this is her year. Even though we all found all of her story to be very tedious. No one liked her crying in the damn rock for months. But yeah, I think she's going to be her year. Olivia's a dark horse, I think. But overall, I think it is weird when they, the categories put it, put it in one thing, and the boys just get nothing. That's kind of bullshit. And I tweeted the daytime and about that. I'm like, I get why you did this. It's so great that you want to be this progressive into 2020, but you've robbed so many young men of all the hard work and the blood, sweat, and tears they put in. I mean, honestly, over this past year, we saw some of the best younger actors in this business that we've seen in, since those kids on As the World Turns, you know, like your Alexandra Chandos and everything like that. So very disappointed in the daytime Emmys. Um, Tiggs, what about you? What do you make of the young performer list and who do you think will take it? This young performer is bullshit. I get them with now I'm about to, don't nobody want to hear that. These are children. Okay? No. Um, I think Eden's going to take it. I wouldn't mind Olivia Rose. Like like you said, Eden does remind me of a young Laura Wright. Like, gotcha. She got it. She got it. But Olivia Rose Keegan, she really progressed. Like I always like her. Yeah, she's she's young. She's a kid. She's annoying. She's vapid. That's a kid. So you know, 
but like she really came into her own with the writing. I mean, think about it. This is how a kid of Sean and Bill would act. If you yeah. had young parents who then broke up a thousand times over, who barely pay you any attention because they so self-absorbed them goddamn selves, and if it ain't nothing going on with their parents, it's your grandparents always needing something. I mean, you know, it, Claire wants the attention because it was never about her. It's always been about Bo or Hope or John or or Sammy, Auntie Sammy, or her friends. So she's always wanted that. Like, and, and Ron tapped into that. And she and she was always jealous of Sierra because Sierra had that attention. Because even though Bo and Hope went through their crap, they still gave Sierra that attention. She didn't get yeah. that going up. You know what I'm saying? And that, that girl came into her own. Now, Sasha Cal, she's an okay little actress, I guess. I, she's good to, I, she makes me believe she can cook me something, so I guess so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kayla McCullen, Kayla McCullough and, and Thea McGee, they should have been swapped out for Michael Miller and William Lipton. Let's keep it real. Here, yes. And they shouldn't have separated in two categories. They're cheating no. out so many young actors and actresses by doing that. Like, why do that and then you give us all female performance? What? Like, that exactly. didn't sound stupid to y'all for y'all rolled it out? I mean, they still got a month. Maybe if we bitch enough, they'll fix it. But. Well, and again, you know, I want to say, again, I love that they wanted to be this progressive, but there are no non-binary actors in daytime right now. So why not save this for the honor of when somebody non-binary comes into daytime time? So, exactly. You know, but, but with this award, y'all know, child, we might have a Brittany Allen moment. We might have mm -hmm. a Drew Tyler Bell moment. Child, Caitlin McCullen, you be like, huh? <laughs> say what? Say huh? Wait, are they doing? Are they doing it live, or are they they gonna produce it all and then air? I think it's gonna be live. It's not gonna be a mess. No, they they need they need to do Look, it. Look, at least we're not going to have to do it for the buying girls. <laughs> that was all. That any grass line baby, that was all bad. Yeah. So let's talk about this um, outstanding special guest performer category. Um, it's basically the final cast of all my children. So <laughs> we've got um, Alyssa Katnick as Sasha the Young and the Restless. Didn't remember her. Uh, I believe Michael Lee <laughs> Knight as Martin Gray, General Hospital, Eva LaRue as Celeste Rosales, The Young and the Restless, Jeffrey Vincent Paris as Simon Black, The Young and the Restless, Chriselle Staus as Jordan Ridgway, Days of Our Lives. Um, so, right off the bat, I think personally, Chriselle, this is her year. She needs this award. This is hers to lose. Um, like I said, that Alyssa chick didn't remember her, don't know her. Um, Eva LaRue is quite interesting. I talked about this with my friend, um, Candace, and Alan, I want your thoughts on this. Do you think Eva might sneak in to win it because right now we're all feeling so much sympathy for her? I know that may sound like a terrible thing to say, but everybody on that panel loved Callahan and his years at all night. Yeah, that could happen. It does happen in real life. Like, but a dead actor dies, Lee ends up winning the award out of sympathy. 
It could happen. So yeah, even though I don't think she really did anything at in that role last year to warrant it, I guess warrant any. It could happen. Hopefully, Chriselle Stouse wins. Yes. I'm ready for Chriselle Stouse. I think she deserves it. So, Tiggs, what do you make of half the All My Children cast being on here? <laughs> yeah, th this Alyssa Katnick, I still don't... Who the hell was Sasha? Who yeah, was I, I don't remember Sasha at all. Maybe, I'm very confused. Maybe she had to be one of them girls involved with Adam's return. Maybe that was it. I'm just like, and she still didn't do much. I'm like, what up? Yeah, that's going to be the shortest semi-reel in history. Right. 58 like, what seconds. The hell did she do? <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm with, with y'all. Chriselle all the way. Like, I hate what they did with Jordan, but Chriselle made it do what it did. Amen. Um, Eva LaRue, she's the dark horse in this because I, I like Celeste. I like Mama Rosales. I thought she was about to climb Drac like a tree, but that never happened because I, I, I like that, you know, when Lola was getting sick with her, and she was like, look, I'm going to be with your daddy. He ain't shit, but I'm going to be with him, okay? That's right. So, you know, um, Michael E. Knight, my daddy is Martin, but I hate that character. I hate him. I hate him. That fake-ass actor. I hate that character. It's like Colonel Sanders it. without the chicken. I hate it. <laughs> it's like Tennessee Williams on crack. Williams. Uh, Jeffrey Vincent Paris, no. I mean, I like him. He did great on GH, but that little flop on that crap he did on YNR, no. So, yeah, I'm hoping for Chriselle, but if Eva wins, I ain't gonna be mad at it. And, you know, same here, and I think, you know, with the daytime Emmys overall, I'm happy they're on CBS again, but there's so many head-scratching um, entries into these categories and I wish we would have gotten to see the pre-nominations so we could have really gone into a deep mm -hmm. because you know like I really want to see why you picked this person over that person I mean if it was a situation a situation where Charity Raymer was back in daytime and she submitted in the lead actress category and you picked Catherine over her I'd been like oh okay yes but if it was a situation where somebody else was in a category that should have gotten it, and I would have liked to really have done a deep nitpick into this. Um, but anyway, yeah. the Emmys will air on CBS. Um, what we believe will be live. <laughs> you know what, Casey? I think it needs to be about the fans. Like, they, the, the Emmys... I think the prenom should be up to the academy, but I think yes. they need to step to a way where the prenoms is up to the academy. Fine, whatever. But it should be down to the fans. The fans should be able to have to go on a website, you know, on the Emmy website. Now, no cheating, but you know they'd find out a way to they, cheat. They could, would. They could, they could. They could do it. They could do it by IP address or whatever. They can go in. We can log in, view the wheels. And then we should be able to determine at least the nominations. Like the, exactly. the Academy can determine the prenoms and the winner, but the fans should be able to determine the nominations. That's what yes. I think. Um, very um, like soap opera digest awards type setup. Yes. Um, well, alrighty. So Alan, where can our listeners find you on Twitter? 
can you find me at Alice Rapa. Alrighty, and Tiggs, where can they find you? The best, 11985. <laughs> <laughs> and Rodrigo uh, got off of here before we ended tonight, so you can find him at Rodrigo's World 81. And of course, we didn't get the chance to have the lovely Didi on our podcast tonight. And you can find the one, the only Didi at TMZ Didi. And you can find me at KCS Hutch. You can find our show on Facebook and Twitter at the chat podcast. Excuse me, at the chat underscore podcast. You just search that up and it pops right up. And thank you again to the amazing and beautiful, lovely, talented Laura Wright. It was a privilege and an honor to interview you. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so, 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 so much. Thanks, Laura. You're a blast. Thank you.